Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Lonnie, this is quite a heavy spoiler to start yeah. the podcast with. So listeners, if you don't want to be spoiled, are you listening? Anyway, how much do you reckon Liam Neeson got paid for that 15 second clip at the end? I don't know. It must have been a lot, though. Hundred grand. Well, I, I thought he wasn't going to turn up, and I was like, he must hate Star Wars if he's not going to turn up. And then he <laughs> he did turn up at the end, so that was something. I don't know. Just Enough. Seems, it seems like a good gig. That's all. To get paid take it. a few hundred yeah, grand, and yeah, I know. Mm. Sit in front of a green screen and just and be mad at everyone for yeah. no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, this is I Only Like You and Movies. I'm here with Sine. My name is Lonnie, by the way. How are you doing, Sine? Hi, good, thank you. Almost forgot my own name. Listen, happens to the best of us. Happens to the best of us. I didn't pick another name, though, like Obi-Wan Kenobi did. He picked Ben. Mm. He was being hidden, slash not hidden. What would your Jedi Hermit? name be? I don't know. There's probably a... Generator? I'll look it up. Please. Yeah, it's for you as well. It's like our Top Gun ones. Yeah. Okay. Jedi name generator. Here we go. Here we go. What's your Star Wars name? Okay. Uh, okay. The one I know if we're going to be light side or dark side to begin with. Light side, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Jedi Knight. Yes. Um, we'll fly on next wing, I guess. This is taking way too long. We'd want Chewbacca on our side, wouldn't we? Yes. Yes, obviously. Okay, there's, be, there's, there's 15 questions here. Sorry, that's going to take way too long. <laughs> I thought it would just okay. be a fun little thing. All right, thing. yeah, here we go. All right. Hmm. Okay, this one wants to know my mother's name and the city I was born in. I think this seems like a buddy. Yeah, password um, link. Trying to steal my password. Mm. Okay, all right. I'm going to do the first one again. Generate male Jedi names. Okay, my name is Kevin Pioli. <laughs> Why'd I get Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> All right, we'll do you, okay? <laughs> you get Orin Ferryman. That's not too bad. See, that sounds like a Star Wars name. Yeah. Well, Kevin. Why do you always get the bad ones? <laughs> What's my name? Socks? Or Sock. Yeah. Singular <laughs> Sock. Uh. Anyway, yes, we've watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, the miniseries on Disney+. Plus. It's in between... The original and prequel trilogies of mm. the Star Wars universe. Yeah. <laughs> Bridging that gap, which we all love to bridge, don't we, Sine? Which we've all really needed to bridge, yeah. <laughs> um, what's it about? <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about 
baby baby layer, not really baby, child layer gets captured yeah. or runs away and Obi-Wan needs to help return her to her family is essentially the one-liner. Yeah, which is not what I was expecting. I thought there was going to be like a Western, a sort of Unforgiven style mm. um, show about Obi-Wan Kenobi being an old, grizzled former fighter. Curmudgeon old man. Yeah, he gets sort of involved with some sort of Western-style event happening on Tatooine. Mm -hmm. Instead, we've got like a... Basically, it's an old man or an old man and a younger child, which we've seen a few times in Star Wars, haven't we? Most recently in the old um, Baby Baby Yoda and Mandalorian, but not as good in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he's got a, he's he's like vowed his his life away to looking over over Luke, looking uh, after him. Yeah. And then he leaves him for like several weeks, it seems. Yeah. And he's got to protect Leia, which at first I was like, oh, this is an interesting thing seeing a bit of Leia when she was a kid. And then I was like, why is she here in this show? It's not interesting at all, is it? Not to mention the fact that it flies in the face of the established continuity where she didn't really know everyone Kenobi at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. She never brought that up, did she? Listen, I'm going to try my best not to be a curmudgeon over here. Why am mm. I saying curmudgeon so much? I don't know. It's a cool word. Yeah. But I did not like this. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I didn't really grow up with them. Like, I saw mm. them on TV and stuff, but didn't have, mm. like, merch or pretend to have a lightsaber around the house or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really not a fan of the prequels because we, you sat me down and maybe watched them start to we finish. Them in preparation, didn't we, for one of the, the new, new ones? Yeah, yeah. I, I, sure, it's fine. I don't really have a strong feeling about it. This mm-hmm. one was a slog to get through. Yeah, like for some, I didn't watch any of Boba Fett, right? So the last Star Wars that I've seen, I think, was Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. So when Obi-Wan Kenobi came out, I watched the first two episodes and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun back in the universe. And other people I spoke to, including our good friend Lauren, she was like, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. I was like, oh, well, I think I was just enjoying the fact that I was back watching a bit of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. As the show progressed, I was like, oh, I can see the problems now. Yes. (laughs) This isn't very good. It just seems like a bit of a wasted opportunity to me. Well, here's the thing. I watched a couple of episodes of Boba Fett. Um because I thought we might be doing it for the pod, but then mm. I gave up like three or four episodes in and okay. Obi-Wan reeled me back in because it's Ewan and I love Ewan. And yeah. everyone's like, no, this is going to be amazing. This is the prequel of all prequels. You know, we're going to finally see Obi-Wan's, who he, who he is outside of, mm-hmm. you know, the original films. I don't know a single thing more about him than I knew in the beginning. Yeah, right. I... Interesting. It hasn't changed my perception of him as a character. It hasn't reinforced anything. I, I don't. It hasn't like there is literally no purpose for this thing to exist. I know that sounds really harsh, but I just can't. We know what happens. There are no stakes. Interesting Interesting point you make about not knowing anything further about Obi-Wan Kenobi the character because that that'd be one way to get around the idea of we know the ending already. We could mm-hmm. delve deeper into him as a character. But you're right, he's just sort of there for events, isn't he? Things happen, but yep. we don't get to know him any deeper. Nope. That's a great point. Um, 
also, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of, of hating Reva as a character, right? And actually it's a fine job as her. But, like, it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Why is there so much plot devoted to this Reva person? I have a huge issue because I feel like continually on these shows, people of colour, and especially women of colour, are given the role of the antagonist. And often these roles are very thinly drawn. It's very, I'm evil because I'm evil. And I guess in this show, there is a bit of depth to her in the fact Mm. that she was one of the children when Anakin came in and killed all the children. But it's just running around being like, I'm going to get you, Leia. It's just so cliched and cringy. Well, that's something about the villains of the show. It's like, after like the second or third time a 10-year-old little girl can outsmart you or run away from you, mm-hmm. I'm starting to think you're that scary <laughs> as a villain, to be honest. Agree. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I guess that you're saying there is some depth there, but it's a kind of an awkward sort of character arc if the whole thing was that she escaped a massacre when she was a kid and so she grows up to commit massacres. Makes no sense. And then... Yeah, it's 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 very awkward it, in that sense. It felt to me that that came out of nowhere in the writing process because mm. if that was how she was the whole time, right, which the whole idea is that she she's actually trying to get closer to Obi-Wan in order to lure Darth Vader in so she can kill Darth Vader. That's mm. right, isn't it? That's her big plan. Yeah, and then she has this plan in place for like 10 years and then in the last minute she's like, oh, I guess I'll just try and stab him in the back. The world's but, most powerful. But the first few episodes where they're running around on this planet and stuff, trying to get mm. Leia, she's trying to kill them. So mm. what? That doesn't match with her motivations five episodes later. No, and the same thing when they, uh, <laughs> so stupid. When they break her out of prison, they break Leia out of the prison yeah. on the planet, right? And then it's like, well, it's all okay. She, we've got a tracker in her toy. It's like, oh, so did you want her to? Be captured and so you could track her or was that just a fail safe you put in there just in case she gets captured mm-hmm. why would you think she's going to get captured given you're in like a secure prison Makes very no weird sense. it's just like okay we've got to set up the next episode mm-hmm. you know with a cliffhanger kind of reverse engineering it rather than forward engineering it. <laughs> <laughs> well, rather than planning it it's like oh we're here now well, okay what happens yeah, now, next what do do? yeah 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 um Something I've, from a technical perspective, I'm thinking of is that it's it's great in some ways how they've developed this this filming system, you know, with the the video wall. Too much about that, like it's called the volume or whatever, where they can film things in and have you know the sets sort of around them in the background or whatever, right? It's very good technology, but what it makes it seem like is that it's there's no depth to anything. Mm. It's all very confined. And I thought that especially in the episode when they've got all these um, stormtroopers who are trying to break into the underground bunker and they've got like a big machine and they're like drilling into it or whatever. Mm. It felt like they were like in a driveway, just like <laughs> right outside. <laughs> There's just no sense of scale or scope within that. It just felt very confined. And of course, like it's a bit of a Star Wars cliche now that the stormtroopers never hit anyone or, mm. until, you know, the plot calls mm. them to. But it felt like like you're right there. It's like you're a meter away from them. Are you really not hitting anybody? I know. It just, it, it was, it beggar belief in certain parts. 
No, it just it just feels like you bring back uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen for a, this, you know, which is not, you know, it's the big thing to get them back for a TV show. And this is what you do with it. Yeah. You know, you make this sort of weird show all about other characters, not the main two we're all here for. Like, I think if you've got Star Wars fans and, and even casual fans, you hear that these two are back for a TV show, you probably want some flashbacks to them when they were in their prime. Well, we had and them also, with weird de-aged you know, Hayden Christian's face. <laughs> yeah, and then also you want them to have a big fight, right? Which mm-hmm. we get in the last episode. Yeah. Do we want anything else? Do we want bullshit in between those things? This could have been like a one, like a special film, yeah. like a t- or just a really tight, you know, two or three episodes if you're going to you know, extend out a little bit more than that. I don't think anyone wanted Young Leia. I don't think anyone was keen to see... Reva or anything else going on? If you take Reva out of this story, Mm. does it change anything? Nothing important. I mean, change the motivation to find Obi-Wan to be Darth's, right? Yeah. Does that literally change anything? I think it'd be fine. And I I think it'd actually be better because it'd be more personal to the characters. Mm -hmm. But then also when the ending is just the Emperor talking to Darth Vader being like, oh, you don't care about Obi-Wan Kenobi anymore. Just don't worry about him. And he's like, oh, I guess I don't then. It's kind of made know, everything else so I know, I know. <laughs> disappointing in between, didn't it? I just got so mad when they didn't kill Reva. Like, right, so you know mm. she's... Okay, firstly, she's the only person who's ever survived, like, a lightsaber wound other than Luke getting his hand cut off. But it goes through her middle, mm. right? Yeah. And the whole yeah, idea yeah. with a lightsaber is that it cauterizes the, the wound, so she's not bleeding, but half her guts are gone. They've been zapped. Like you, you need your, your intestines and whatever, don't you, to live? Surely. But she's Oof. able to just move around and is fine. And Not like, only that, I... they leave her. They're like, right, so you've survived this as a child. We're going to do exactly mm. the same thing to you now, even though we're setting up how revenge is a great motivator and that if there's one thing that will make you live, it's revenge. And we'll just leave you. What? Yeah. Makes no sense. And then her thing is like, well... I didn't kill Darth Vader, so I'll go kill Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. And I, you know, big reveal here, I watched the final episode with Dylan from my other podcast, I Miss You Ma'am. We did a watch party together because we happened to be watching it at the same time. We're like, oh, we'll watch it together then. Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't work out why she wanted to kill Luke Skywalker, of all the people in the whole universe. Why was she doing that? Especially when it was just revealed that her backstory was she was almost killed as a child and that was giving her huge you know, PTSD her whole life. So she wants to go do it to someone else? I think she wanted him because he was the only other known Jedi, right? And she thought if she okay. delivered him to Darth, then she'd get another chance to, like, kill him, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. I, I couldn't make a detail of it. It just seemed like they needed to bring Luke back for the finale, to be honest. Mm. It was cool seeing Joel Edgerton and uh, Bonnie uh, P.S., I think it is, P.S.A., um, just going to town on her. When she turns up, that was pretty funny. Okay, these two will protect Luke. I'm kind of okay (laughs) with it now. Um, But yeah, just the motivations are all over the place. I Mm. went onto the Star Wars subreddit after this episode was released, the final episode of the series, just gauge temperature. And I know that's not necessarily the the greatest cross section of fans, but I think it probably does account for a lot of fans of Star Wars on that internet website. Um, The comments were like ten to one talking about how much they liked seeing Hugh McGregor and uh, Hankerson fight as their characters. Mm. Ten to one, 
that to, oh, how cool was it to see Reva? She just really was not part of the storyline, not no. part of what people wanted. And I think, as you said before, it's a disservice to the actor to bring her into this, write her quite poorly, and then offer up as sort of, you know, almost like bait to the fans who, yep. like the toxic fans, I should say, that it just didn't sit right with me, to be honest. No. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think, I think our main issue with the show is story, right? Like, hmm. I have so many questions. <laughs> well, a few things we've been talking about recently in our podcast is like, just like wasted space within the story mm-hmm. and and the lack of waste in Barry, which we loved, and it was just so tight and confined and everything was contributing to the whole. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking back to this show. There was like a whole episode where Leia's like crawling around inside the walls to like fix a, the yeah. wires and stuff. Like, oh, what's that? That's nothing. Another episode where it seemed like there was 15 minutes of parkour Parkour. Space parkour. Space parkour. The... Yeah. <laughs> like, to a certain degree, that that's fun, but like, well, I don't know much about that. I mean, it's only fun because of the office, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to see them use their powers. I I didn't mind um, Kumail Nagiani's character, but also felt like he was just there to have a character. You see, know? I, I'm Kumail's biggest fan. Well, am I? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love him. I yeah. felt like he really didn't fit tonally with this. Like, he was supposed to be the comic relief, but Ewan is playing this so straight and serious that it just felt so disjointed to have that really, like, post-ironic sort of, oh, I tried to pretend to be a Jedi, but I'm not really a Jedi, oh, kind of guy. Like, it just didn't fit for me. It wasn't quite like this, but it was almost like, yeah, Kimal's character walked off a set of a, you know, the the 40-year-old virgin or some other Judd Apatow. Yeah. Improvy sort of comedy. Yeah. It's like, do you realize you're in the Star Wars universe? Like, that doesn't fit. No, didn't at all. I think, like, in the first episode, there's a thing where Obi Wan's trying to conceal himself on a planet, right? The the night, it was nighttime. I don't know what planet it was. It was before they did the parkour, but on that same planet. Sure. And the whole thing is like, oh, you have to disguise yourself because you're the last known Jedi. Puts on his robe with his hood, which is clearly a Jedi robe and is like quintessentially mm. what they wear, and somehow no one picks up on that. Yeah. Don't understand that. <laughs> I saw someone else point out in this episode where they're on like they're on like a, a planet that looks like the desert of California, right? <laughs> they they hitch a ride with 
this mm-hmm. um, random guy who turns out he's like a, a sympathizer for the Empire, but he, he comes across as just like a nice regular nice alien dude. Mm. Played by Zach Braff, for people, the, the voice. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, to get our story straight, you're my daughter or whatever, they're like working out what their story is. Mm. And then two seconds later, they're, they're just talking openly about how what their real life events <sighs> in their life are. I know. Just, it's just very awkward writing and, and staging of all that happening, you know? Yeah. It's like the dick can hear you. He's, he's a meter away from you. You've been talking to him. He can definitely understand what's going on and you're, you're going to reveal your true story. To, you know, it just did not make sense to me. And also, I think that's when they turn up and the stormtroopers get on as well. It's like, oh, my God, it's going to be a bit of a scary scene here. You've got to, like, be cool around the stormtroopers. And they're like, tell us your story. And he's like, oh, you know, it's very long. And it's like, you know what, we're on a long trip. A second later, they've stopped and they're off again. Very awkward. Clumsy, I would say. Yeah. I think Leia didn't really add anything for me either. Like, she's just, I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, pile on a child's performance, but it wasn't the strongest and didn't really fit with how we know Leia to be. Also, was Liam Neeson's character, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, was he supposed to have been there the whole time as a Force ghost? His name's Qui-Gon Jinn. In the Star Wars universe, he is the first one who's developed Force ghost abilities. To think back in the day when he was alive, he was like a bit of renegade and he was like a bit more into being one with the Force and sort of spiritual. Right. How many planes are going to fly by here this morning, just quietly? <laughs> you live next to an airport, apparently. <laughs> I didn't realise that until podcast recording happening. Never had so many planes. Um, and so I think that at the end of the third film, and chronologically, they Yoda says something like, you should make sure you stay in touch with the Force so you'll tell mm-hmm. everyone it is. Qui-Gon, your master, might have done something with that. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he's, like, just been there watching or whether he's, like, has finally revealed himself once everyone has reconnected the Force or whatever. Right. Weird, though. Ghosts in general. I I did see a good comment. I think it was on the pitch meeting for this episode. It's like, so the idea is that Obi-Wan Kenobi is staying nearby Luke to look out for him in case anything bad happens, right? And he's, like, sort of protective guardian. So why isn't he keeping up with his Force abilities and his training? It's like because he doesn't want if... to be a Jedi anymore. Yeah, I get that, right? But he has, like, hasn't he, like, sworn a vow to look after this young boy who yes. is, you know, the perhaps a, a new hope, if you will. He's, like, a the, the next chance of maybe something happening good in the future. And, like, if, if Darth Vader did turn up one day and Luke and is getting about to be killed and everyone hears it and he, like, runs over, you haven't got your bloody force abilities. Your lightsaber was in the ground somewhere, wasn't it? It was in the middle of the desert. So he's like, yeah, hang on, guys, I've just got to go dig up my lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> like, at, the, like, at least when Luke um, was off on his own planet, he, like, wasn't there protecting someone else, you know, in the later films. And the same with Yoda. He's, like, just living by himself in a, in a swamp. It's okay for him to lose his powers, potentially. Mm. Uh, that, that's, that's just a small example of, it's like, what are you doing here? I know. Be true to yourself, you know? Can we talk about what is perhaps the biggest issue with the show, which Mm. last episode. So they're on some weird planet, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, and they have this big fight, right? Yeah. And Darth buries Obi-Wan in some rocks 
don't really know why that's necessary. Just kill him. You have said before that you want to kill him. You've tried to kill him. I don't really understand why why you're trying to do it indirectly. Mm-hmm. Everyone obviously gets out, sneaks up on him. They have a battle. There is no conceivable way or reasoning why Obi-Wan wouldn't kill him in that moment. He leaves. He leaves the planet. And of course, we know this is going to happen, right? Because this is the problem mm. with prequels like this. There are absolutely no stakes. Anytime Leia was in danger, it's probably going to be fine because she turns up mm-hmm. perfectly fine in the end. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan isn't going to die because we know we've seen him as an old man. Darth isn't going to die because we know how he dies. There are absolutely no stakes, no tension, no suspense, right? And so there's no reason why he wouldn't kill him. I just, I was so mad because that whole fight, I was like, this is stupid and ridiculous and I'm spending my finite time on this earth watching this thing that is annoying and stupid because I know that neither of them are going to die. And so what's it all been for? What's this show been for then? It's a good question. And that's why I feel something about everyone when you look overlooking Luke and protecting him from afar, but then getting involved with like, I don't know, a local family is being hassled by some outlaws and he's going to protect them. Maybe he falls in love with a woman or something, and then she's in danger. Because we know Luke's going to, we know Luke's going to be fine. We know everyone's mm-hmm. going to be fine. But bring some other characters in who we don't know their fate. And so then that is a bit more interesting. And to make us, us right care there, for so. them as well. Like, I guess mm. they did that with Reva, but I didn't care whether she lived or died. No, exactly. I had no emotional connection to that character. You're totally right. Everyone has a chat to Darth Vader as they're fighting. And Darth Vader, he says something like, you know, my friend is still there. And he's like, no, what? I killed. Anakin, Anakin's dead. Okay, everyone, you've got no reason to keep him alive then. You have no personal he just connection told to you. him. Yep. You don't Your need to feel guilty. Dead, right? <laughs> but it wasn't even if that was the reason, right, that he couldn't kill him because it was his student and, mm. you know, they had this bond. That didn't happen on Obi-Wan's face. That didn't That didn't happen as a story beat. It wasn't, oh, I'm about to kill you, but I'm, I can't bring myself to do it. You know, it was like, peace out, see ya. It was actually like, all right, I've stabbed you a bit, go heal up, meet you mm. sort of around here in 20 years or so. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> yeah, that was very silly. And it's right, even if there was something like that about, you know, I won't kill you because I can't kill the person I've loved and raised since I was a child or whatever, like, he's still a, a space Nazi. He's still like the worst person yep. ever. Like, you can probably put that aside and protect things. He's also One already killed I... all the children by now, has he not? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's done everything bad. Yeah. He's killed Padme, like, all in through his actions and everything mm. bad's happened from that. I One thing I've said, seen maybe is, like, it's a worse fate for him to be alive and be awful. That feels like a cop-out. Yeah, it, it makes <laughs> no sense. I think that's it's twisted fan logic trying to make that better. Yeah. Also, the idea is that in the first, in A New Hope, that is, the first Star Wars film made, mm. he says something like, when we last met, you were, I was the apprentice and you were the master. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really work here unless you take the idea that everyone is still the master because he did better force stuff, I suppose. It doesn't work because obviously mm. this didn't exist at the time of writing that line mm-hmm. and no mm-hmm. one went, our actions are actually affecting other things in universe. Yeah, and the the worst thing for that, in my view, is when the very last bit, Obi-Wan has a chat to Leia, and he says to her, oh, just by the way, 
no one can ever know we did this adventure, so don't mm-hmm. mention it ever again. Mm-hmm. That is just the laziest bit of writing I've ever seen, I think. Yep. Because pretty much you can have characters do anything in the prequel then, and at the end they all agree to never mention it. So it doesn't matter. So none of it matters. Hell? Yep. Because it's... it doesn't make sense because when she says her, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is a great bit of writing in that first film, she says it, and she says at the beginning, you you helped my father in the Clone Wars. She doesn't say, you remember when you helped me? You remember when, when I, was, I a was a kid and we had this really like traumatic bonding experience? Mm-hmm. No. I was kidnapped repeatedly and you <laughs> saved me and you you were the best thing. She would definitely mention that. Definitely. Definitely mention that. Yeah. Even if he says to her, by the way, never mention this to anybody, she mentioned him, wouldn't she? Within the situation. Yeah. It's it's <sighs> it's put me off Star Wars, to be honest. Really? I think it's give us the, the the movies, everything else, I'm not really sure, you know, apart from maybe Yoda, what it's for. So who's behind this? Like Mandalorian was really pushed by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Who who yeah. who did this? Well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's Dave Filoni. He does a lot of the other stuff in the Star Wars universe, um, but he wasn't part of this. I think it started off as being a film, right? And then I think the story goes that the Han, Han Solo film didn't do well, and so they're like, okay, we can't do films anymore. We've got to do miniseries because people like miniseries or TV shows on Disney Plus. Um, but I think that's another problem here is that they didn't have enough budget to make it a a terrific show you know what i mean mm. if they put all the budget for this into a two-hour film as opposed to was it six episodes of an hour or so for yeah between half an hour to an hour you'd really think it, it really stretched didn't it it's there's a right. really interesting graphic on the wikipedia which has been taken from like positive reviews from rotten tomatoes based on each episode and essentially oh, yeah. it starts off really high I think mm-hmm. because of what like, you're saying, like, Ewan's here, we're back in the universe, yay, yeah. let's do some Star Wars. And then it very steeply declines by episode four. Um, sort of claws its way back in the last two episodes, but, mm. I, yeah, I I don't really understand what the point of this was. I don't, it seems like they got their, not even their B team, but maybe their C or D team onto this. I can see in, you know, development it went through a lot of different, iterations it seems story-wise and mm. so perhaps a lot of the issues are just things that were never addressed or developed further because of the issues they went through you can get stuck in circles sometimes don't that kind yeah of like here, yeah hey? i just feel like this wasn't really in a way it was all fan service but in another way it wasn't really made by or for fans because well that is a problem it's like who's it for really yeah if you're gonna like reverse engineer it you're gonna try to trying to make it work for those original like the fans who are massively into it or you're going to make it like a fun adventure for the casual fan mm-hmm. i don't really did either of those did it well i say i'm a casual fan like i know star mm-hmm. wars i don't know all the characters names and i'm not like ride or die on yeah, every beat but what i'm saying it wasn't a fun adventure for you then no that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, it was just a nothingness to me mm-hmm. and then anyone who was more invested than i was i think you'd be really disappointed with what it did mm-hmm. and what it didn't do more accurately i just think it was a bit of a waste of time and space i don't know if we needed it mm-hmm. sorry if that sounds harsh but yeah yeah i, I was looking for a, a character study about obi-wan kenobi yes i wasn't looking for anything else no which is what they kept giving us to be honest i wouldn't i wasn't that into having them fight again anakin and 
I to Darth Vader. It doesn't make I don't sense. Think... <laughs> it doesn't, no, make doesn't make sense. sense. I mean, uh, I was fine with it if it happened, but I would have been fine with just, as I've been saying, a Western, Owen Kenobi on Tatooine. That would been fun. Yeah. Just him as a character. Mm. Anyway. Okay, well, the planes have gone, so <laughs> time the end of the podcast, I suppose. <laughs> what, what are you going to rate the rate Owen Kenobi as? Oh, God. One and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. Not good. Not good. It's gonna be a lot. Gonna have to be a lot to bring you back into Star Wars, to be honest. Although For me, that said, it won't I'm, take much. It'll just be Baby Yoda. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but it's got to like after a while when they they keep giving us substandard Star Wars content, I think people are gonna be what's it all for, you know? Yeah. Why bother? Um, and especially when it feels like there's always Star Wars stuff going on. Mm. You know, like it's it's maybe Star Wars is better as the internet has said a few times back when it was like an event every 10 or so years or even longer it's like felt special to go see a star wars film just getting it over getting it all the time well consumerism's not going to let that happen though like if they if they have an opportunity no. to make money they're going to do it now not in 10 years money. time you know mm-hmm. yeah that's it i have bought one of those star wars games to play but that's fine it's a different story you get to like throw a lightsaber around um they really need to make make a reason make a case for why the next show is on TV. And yeah. It's got to demand our attention, doesn't it? It does. Create a market. All right, well, we have reviewed the previous Star Wars films, so you can see that on our history, on our channel. Um, are we on Twitter? I've forgotten. We are. We're at Only Like You Pod. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so you can get in touch with us then, can't you? <laughs> That'd be good. Let us know what you thought of Ogon Kenobi, whether you were disappointed, whether you loved it, whether you just laughed a bit when they said the thing from the originals. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. What's your Star Wars name? Okay. Can you hear that plane? I love the plane. (laughs) Continue to hold the plane. Continue to hold. Holding. For. Plane. Why is it coming right at me? The biggest plane in the whole universe? Okay, okay. All right. Okay, no, it's come back. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just another class. Okay, it's gone. All right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.